as I was sitting back there worshiping, I just felt like the Lord brought to mind all sorts of brokenness um, that we've been through this past year. Um, some of you have personal brokenness. We've had brokenness as a community. Um, and so what we're going to talk about tonight is really dear to my heart um, because the Lord has taught me a lot. And so I'm coming to you tonight as a friend um, to share with you what the Lord has taught to me in the midst of my own brokenness, in the midst of hard things that I've gone through. Um, our new series is called Anchored. Um, and if you know anything about an anchor, uh, it is something that keeps a ship stationary. So it's normally this big metal piece that looks pretty cool. Some people use it as jewelry because it looks cool. Um, and it's attached to a chain or a rope. And you throw it off the side of the ship and it keeps that boat stationary. And essentially what we want you to learn from this series is that God is like an anchor for us in the midst of changing circumstances that you go through. Uh, he is our anchor. He's something that is firm, a firm foundation. Um, and so tonight we're going to be talking about brokenness, when you feel weary and you feel broken. Um, and this past year has been filled with brokenness. Uh, Harvey hit just over a year ago. Uh, there have been suicides. There have been school shootings. You have experienced maybe divorce within your family. Your parents might just be arguing, or you may be arguing with siblings, or maybe you have a relationship that fell apart this year, or an injury that made it so you couldn't play your sport, um, or maybe you just wrestle with this brokenness inside of you, this sin that you can't get rid of, and you just feel like, when is this ever going to go away? And so all of you have something, when you think of the word broken, you can picture something in your mind that you've experienced that has brought you to a place of weariness. And brokenness. And so when we open up to Psalm 42, we find this writer, the psalmist, uh, is speaking about his own brokenness. Um, as I studied this, there's a couple different thoughts to who wrote it. So I'm not going to pick one. We're just going to focus on that it's a writer and he's real and he experienced hard things. Um, so let's start off by reading it and then we'll dig in and, and find out what we can learn from it. It says, as a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me, therefore I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon and Mount Mazar. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of my enemy? As with the deadly wounds in my bones, my adversaries taunt me, while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, 
for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. And as we read this, um, some of you might be thinking, hey, you're pretty dramatic. Some of you may not resonate with the Psalms. You might think that they are dramatic, but the thing is, is we all have emotions and we all have things that we feel. And this writer is writing and saying, why must I feel like this? And so the first thing that we see is that he is broken and he is desperate for God. It says in verse one, as a deer pants for flowing streams, my, so pants my soul for you, O God. And he's thirsty for God. The only way I know how to describe this is I enjoy going for runs. That might be weird to some of you, but I enjoy it. Until I moved to Texas and I realized this isn't so fun anymore because it's so hot. Uh, And I go running and within three minutes, I feel like I'm about to die. Um, But when I go for a half an hour run, by the time that I get home, I am desperate for cold water. I am so thirsty. I just need a glass of water. And that's what he's saying. He's saying, I am so broken. I am in so much pain, but I am thirsty for this God who will satisfy me. It says, my tears have been my food. He is so sick and in such desperation and brokenness that his tears are the only thing that's satisfying the ache inside. But he calls out and he says, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. And that word living is important. Something that's living is active. Something that's dead is obviously not active. And so God has always been, he made everything. He created everything and he's alive and he's active. And when we call to him, he moves and he promises that. Again, he says, when shall I appear before God? And people are saying to him, where is your God? And I think that we experience that in different ways. Some, a friend, you might go to a friend and, and they may not say, where's your God? But they may say things like this. Oh, you've had a rough week. There's a party on Friday night and there's going to be tons of alcohol there. And you can just get drunk and not worry about it. Or maybe you broke up with a boyfriend because maybe guys wouldn't go to ice cream. I don't know if you guys like ice cream or not. But you're a girl and you break up with your boyfriend and your friend's like, hey, let me just bring a tub of ice cream over. That'll make it feel better. It doesn't make it feel better. You're going to feel sick eventually. But ultimately, it doesn't satisfy. Some of you may just go home and play video games because you just want to zone out and you don't want to think about anything. But it shows up in different ways in our life. Social media can be a distraction. Stuff's going on and you just jump on your bed and you just start scrolling just to distract yourself. But ultimately, nothing that you find on this earth satisfies. And that's what the psalmist is saying. He's saying, there is nothing that is going to satisfy me other than God. And he has this foundation. Oftentimes we resort to everything but God to satisfy, but God's the one who made you and he knows what you need. And he's the one that we need to be going to. The second thing that we see is in verse four, these things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude keeping festival. And he's talking about temple worship. Which to you in the Old Testament, you might be thinking, well, that sounds pretty boring. 
but for him, what he's saying is he is homesick for experiencing God within community. So for some of you, some of you came tonight because you love the worship, you love the message, you enjoy your friends, you know that you're going to come here and you're going to experience God. And it's been a tough week and you know that God is here and there's other friends that believe in God and, and want to encourage you. Some of you, maybe your parents force you to go, I don't know. But some of you come here and come on Sundays and experience your life groups because you know there's strength in numbers. There's something about being in community that is encouraging because sometimes on a Wednesday night you come here and you are just broken and weary and you can't even sing. But you're standing next to someone who is stronger than you are that week. And you hear the way they're praising God and the way that they're singing and there's something in you that is encouraged by that. And it's because there's strength in numbers because we're not supposed to do this thing alone. We need people. But it's not just that we need people. We need to be encouraged by people to point us to Jesus. And that's what he's saying. I remember I am homesick for what I've experienced before because I know that it's good for me. Because he has a history with God. And you can't be homesick for something that you haven't had a history with. I have this group text with a few of my friends. Um, I would tell you the name of the group text, but you wouldn't get it, and you'd probably think we're weird. Um, But this group text is a group of five of us, and we encourage the heck out of each other. And the other night, I was texting them. I mean, we all take turns doing, I'm having a terrible night. I don't know what's going on in my head, but I cannot get my act together. I need you to, like, speak truth to me. I need scripture. I need whatever you're clinging to today. Can you speak it to me? And you know what happens? Text by text. I start getting encouragement and it lifts me up because in that moment I might not believe truth, but these friends of mine that I've chosen that I know are sold out for the Lord believe truth and they have truth to share with me and it's encouraging. And I experience God through community and that's why we need community because we need people to encourage us. The third thing that we see is that this psalmist starts anchoring himself to something secure, something more secure than himself. And so in verse 7, he starts describing how he's feeling in these like water word pictures. It says deep calls to deep, which means like this deep agony. It just like keeps going at the roar of your waterfalls. So if you've ever been to Niagara Falls, if you can envision Niagara Falls, it's like this raging waterfall. He's literally saying, I am drowning here. But he goes on to say things about God to recall to mind this truth. And so in verse five, we see it. He says, hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. And yes, salvation. We have been saved. Jesus died on the cross for us. Like that's salvation. But he's talking about this physical rescue salvation. He's saying, I believe that you're going to save me. He's anchoring himself to this truth that he believes that God is going to rescue him from what he's going through. And he might still be in darkness, but God's going to rescue him. He says in verse six, I remember you. He's remembering God's character. He knows God. 
And so he's remembering that God is powerful and he's faithful and he's trustworthy and he's dependable and he never changes. And he remembers God. In verse 8, it says, By day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me. Day and night, 24-7 access to this God of the universe who created everything and yet cares about you. He created everything that you see. I just went to Canada it was super cool. If you didn't see my picture, you should go check out my Instagram because God's pretty cool. He just like is this masterpiece like painter. Uh, and I sat in this one area called Sunshine Meadows and I was reading Job. And I'm not going to pretend like I was reading my Bible every day because I actually wasn't reading my Bible every day. And then I realized I need to read my Bible every day because I had a poor attitude. Um, but when I was sitting there and I was reading Job, there's this one verse in there that says you comprehend the universe. You comprehend the expanse of the earth. And time and time again, while I was in Canada, I kept looking out at everything like one lake and thinking, I can't even grasp this lake, let alone the earth. Just this lake, I don't understand how it shines like that. And it just made me realize like this God of the universe understands everything and yet he wants relationship with me he says that i'm special he cares about me that he would give me 24 7 access to him that's crazy in verse 11 uh he gives this final push of anchoring himself and it says uh, hope in god for I shall again praise him, my God and my salvation. This will not last forever. I will put my hope in God and I will keep my hope in God and trust that this is not going to last forever, that he's going to rescue me. This psalmist is testifying to the light, even though he is still in the midst of darkness. This psalm doesn't end with this victory of, and everything is done. Everything is over. I'm better. It's all gone. He's testifying to the light, even though he is still in darkness, even though the brokenness is still there, even though my parents are still arguing and, and won't relent, even though I live in a, a single family home, even though my house flooded and I still am not in my house, even though there is still brokenness, I'm going to testify to the light. And so that's great for the psalmist. I don't know what he was going through. But what does this mean for us? How can we actually put this into practice? And this is where I'm coming to you as a friend. Because I'm not coming to you as somebody that's saying, oh, do these things. I think they'll work. I'm coming from a place of I've experienced brokenness. And I'm not going to get into all of it. But there's been things this year. There's been things in my life that I have had to navigate through. And I have had to fight to make it through. And I want you to know these things because I believe that this is what God's word teaches. And this is what is helpful in the midst of weary and broken seasons. And so the first thing is something that you have probably heard before. Uh, but I want you to hear it really. 
The first thing that I think we learn is that you need to build your foundation on the rock. And it says that uh, in verse 9, the psalmist says, I say to God, my rock. And a rock is something that's stationary. I'm not talking about a pebble. I'm talking about a big rock that is stationary. And that's what we can depend on. But what does that mean? What does it mean to build your foundation on the rock? It means that you need to know God. You need to spend time with him. If you are a believer, if you believe what Jesus did on the cross and God is the God of your life, don't waste any more time not reading the word and spending time with him. Because I'm telling you, if you haven't experienced brokenness, someday you will. And you can't anchor yourself to something that you don't know. So for some of you, that means like maybe you've never put your trust in God and you need to do that. Or you need to wrestle with that or you need to talk to someone about it and say, I have questions. I can't just give my life over yet. For others of you, you know God, but you don't give him a thought. You haven't opened up your Bible in who knows how long. Because you're either numb or you're angry or whatever the case, whatever your excuse. But like I said before, how can you anchor yourself in the midst of a storm if you don't even know who to anchor to? Because when you know who to anchor to, it changes the way you respond to everything. There's this song on the radio. It's by some band or artist called The Script. You may know it. And the first line of the song says, I'm still alive, but I'm barely breathing. Just prayed to a God that I don't believe in. And that's what our world does. When Harvey hit, pray for Houston. When the Santa Fe shooting happened, pray for Santa Fe. But the thing that breaks my heart is some of these people are maybe praying, but they don't know how powerful God actually is. They, they don't know him and they don't know that he's faithful and that he can actually rescue them and he can actually bring hope and restoration and redemption. And that in Romans eight twenty eight it says that he's going to use all things for good for the good of those who love him. He uses everything. But when life gets hard, they start praying, but they don't even know the magnitude and the power to whom they are praying to. And so you have to know him. And this is a physical, like the words of God for you to know who he is and know other people who knew him and followed him and loved him. And yeah, it's tricky and it's hard to understand sometimes, but day by day, scripture by scripture, moment by moment, you start understanding more and more. The second thing that's really important in the midst of navigating weary and broken seasons is do not isolate yourself. We see it. The psalmist is homesick for experiencing God in community because he knows the benefit of it. The times that you want to hide the most or hide your stuff the most, and you don't want to be a burden to people, or you think that it's different with you than it is with someone else, You need to speak out what's going on. You need to tell somebody. You need to reach out for help. Because if you don't, you're on an island all alone. And that's not how it's intended to be. 
You need people in your life that are going to speak truth and encourage you when you are bone dry. Lastly, the third thing. You need to preach truth to yourself. Which kind of goes back to the first thing because you can't preach truth to yourself if you don't know truth in the first place. There's another psalm, Psalm 139, and it says this. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to the heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. God is always there. His steadfast love is never ending. And there is literally nowhere that you can go from his presence. Nowhere. You can try to hide, you can try to run, you can sit in your brokenness, but literally God is there still. It doesn't matter what you've done, it doesn't matter what you will do, God loves you and is there and is never leaving your side. God's steadfast love is that island in the midst of the raging sea. An island that you can stand safe and secure on. The psalmist goes from expressing sadness to expressing truth. There's this journal entry I share with people sometimes to show them like, hey, yeah, I actually really did struggle with depression. And if you read this journal entry, you'll realize that I did. Um, Because people say to me sometimes, like, I can't picture you dealing with depression. Uh, And it's this really depressing, awful journal entry. But at the very bottom of it, In really terrible handwriting, it says, I am strong because God is strong. And it was my one little piece of light. I remembered God's strong. So I can be strong because God is strong. Not because Allie is strong, because I'm not strong right now. I held on to one piece of truth that was anchoring me in the midst of one of the worst times that I have ever been through in my life. And when I think about these three things, to build your foundation on the rock, to not isolate yourself, and to speak truth to yourself, there is somebody that I've had the humbling opportunity to walk with over this entire past year. Uh, Last October, her father died unexpectedly of terrible circumstances. Ten days later, her grandfather died. And it was just one thing after another. And it was awful. And some of you know this family, and you know them, and it rocked your world last October. And as I walked with Ashley Brown through her grief and her anger and her her sadness and her life completely upside down, I learned a lot from her. And I watched as she had this foundation in God that carried her through the worst imaginable, imaginable thing that she could have ever gone through. And she is an incredible picture to me of somebody that keeps her eyes focused on the light and not the darkness and holds on to a piece of truth in the midst of something that is terrible. And so I asked Ashley uh, 
about a month ago if she would be willing to share some of her story and if I could make a testimonial video to share with you. Because um, I don't want you to just hear it from me. I want you to hear it from somebody. She just graduated two years ago. And I want you to hear it from her mouth, how she survived one of the worst times in her life. So why don't you take, take a look at the screen? literally like the perfect father in my eyes. Um, he truly was an example of Christ. I think that's why I am so in love with God is because of my dad, like his example, I guess, how he treated people. Like actions speak louder than words. Like that's something that I try to live by. You know, don't just talk the talk, like walk the walk. And he really did. It was horrible. I mean, I remember when I found out, I just was screaming and crying and was I I've never had a feeling like that I mean the worst feeling it's um, there's like no words to describe it a horrible awful like I was physically hurting my stomach hurt my skin ate I'm crying every day I mean just in denial I mean I'd always I knew people whose parents had passed away but I just thought oh like that will never be me like I'm so blessed. I have such an amazing family. And then here I am. It's me. And it was the last thing I had ever expected. Mad. I didn't know why it happened. I mean, I was always a good kid. I mean, I never got in trouble at school. I mean, I tried my best to follow the Lord and respect my parents and be nice to everyone. And then this happened. Why? Why me? Why my little brother? Why my mom? Why us? Um, just angry. Like, he took away my dad. Like, the man in my life I look up to the most. I think whenever I realized, you know, I'm going through a really hard battle right now. Um, when you're stripped of what you know, what, your li what you thought your life was going to be, and what you thought it was. I mean, after a while, I realized... I mean, I'm just nothing without the Lord. I'm nothing. I mean, look how easily my life just got changed just like that. I mean, I'm in control of nothing. It truly is God's plan. I needed the Lord's strength to carry on. I mean, my life has changed forever since that day. I'll never have that life back. I'm a different person and I'm such a creature of habit that it was really hard for me to accept like my life is upside down. Um, but through all the adjustments and the changes I've had to make, I've realized that God is the same. He's the same as he was yesterday. He's the same as he is today. And he's the same as he's going to be tomorrow. Consistent. As crazy as life gets, he's the same. Always. He's always there. Even when it feels like you're so alone, he's still always there for you.
love what Ashley says, how God is the same and he never changes. And he is the sure anchor in the midst of weary and broken things that is never going to change. And so when you walk through things that are hard, you can testify to light in the darkness and you can hold on to something 